0: Hey guys, just wanted to throw a quick warning out for you. Listener discretion is advised on this episode. It contains a lot of graphic acts of sexual violence and murder, as well as some violence against animals. Please do not listen to this episode if these topics may be triggering or if there are children in the room. Otherwise, please enjoy and thank you so much for listening.
1: Told you podcast episode three. <laughs> um, so we have a new segment today. Yes, it's very exciting, and we're gonna call it the breakfast nook because we're pretty passionate about breakfast here.
0: Yeah, I mean, really, any meal if it's breakfast food, is, right, is worth it.
1: Yeah, we don't relegate our breakfast foods strictly to the morning, Um, so if it's breakfast style food, I'll eat it any time of day. Yes, yes. So what did we have for breakfast today?
0: Well, this morning we had some delicious biscuits and gravy. Maddie made some bomb-as-fuck homemade biscuits, and I made some gravy. Some sausage gravy, obviously. If you're not putting sausage in your gravy with biscuits and gravy, I don't know how you're living life.
1: Yeah, you have just left yourself in the little leagues
0: if you're not putting sausage in your gravy. It's so weird because when you try other people's biscuits and gravy, you're always very let down. (laughs) Because it's not as good as what you're used to. Like growing up, my mom's biscuits and gravy is... The best thing that has ever graced this earth. (laughs) And it wasn't until recently that I was finally able to make decent sausage gravy like hers. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird because I cannot make any other type of gravy. Really? I just can't. It always tastes like flour. And you think, oh, you're putting too much flour in it. No. No. Something is happening.
1: It's probably that you're not cooking your roux long enough.
0: Yeah, but I mean, my gravy, my gravy for biscuits and gravy. is good. It's, yeah. It's pretty good. It's good.
1: Yeah, I uh, feel like I make a decent sausage gravy. Um, My dad is a very good cook. And he, see, I have more of a baking as chemistry kind of brain mm-hmm. my, that my dad doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I obviously measure all of my shit because I feel like it's going to turn out a certain way. As long as I put the correct amount of ingredients
0: in and I'm not going to have to like finagle it. You know, I talk to my dad all the time because both of my parents are very good cooks. Right. Um, Lots of just home style food. Yes. And, you know, when you go to like ask your parent like hey like how do you make that one thing and they're like oh well I don't know because I don't really measure anything I just like put this stuff in it and I'm like dad great I need to know how to (laughs) do it so I have told him that at some point I need him to start writing all of this stuff down because I want to be able to make these things one day and I don't want it to take me years to figure out how to make it because someone doesn't want to measure stuff
1: Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen my dad with a measuring cup.
0: Nope, just straight out of the the sprinkler jar, and, you know, I just, I don't know. I mean, I guess once you're doing something so often, like, it's just second nature to you, like, how much garlic powder to put in, or how much salt. I do get generous with the garlic. I mean, you can't go wrong with garlic, Yeah, to be honest. I mean, not in biscuits and gravy,
1: No, no, it does not have a place in biscuits and gravy.
0: We are now not talking about biscuits and gravy. If you (laughs) can't tell how much we love food,
1: Um, it's uh, 10.30
0: a.m. We've both ate biscuits and gravy, and now we're already talking about other foods.
1: I love food. Love it. My dad, he, he, we always made breakfast Mm -hmm. at our house. Like, we would go out for breakfast sometimes like if we were gonna go out to eat as a family it was for breakfast right pretty much never for dinner or like lunch or anything because well my dad is solar powered so he is up and down with the sun yeah so you know we're not gonna really eat dinner out but and we were poor so (laughs) breakfast is much cheaper but it's better Right. Breakfast food is just better. It
0: is. And I don't know what it is about it. I mean, because you just don't really, I don't know. Something about breakfast food is very comforting. Yeah. And it just like takes you to a very cozy place, especially biscuits and gravy or like hash
1: browns. Uh, I love an egg. I love some hash browns.
0: Oh, hash browns. Toast. I'll go out to eat breakfast. And I'll order, like, hash browns and toast. And they're like, they look at me weird. I'm like, what about that is weird?
1: Yeah. I I want my hash browns, but I also want toast. I also
0: want toast. And yes, I still want those eggs and that bacon. Thank you.
1: I don't understand what's weird about that,
0: though. Well, you know, when Keegan and I go out to eat dinner, he... You know, you go, like, let's say we go to a steak place and you get, like, your two sides. He always orders a loaded baked potato and french fries. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is the funniest thing, but it is two totally different things. And I get yeah. that he wants the best of both worlds. He, yeah. So okay. when I go out and order sausage links and bacon, please don't come at me because I'm trying to eat both. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, bacon and sausage serve two very different purposes in a breakfast meal. they really do. I typically, if I have to, I typically don't order both, and I usually go with sausage links. Um, But if we're cooking breakfast here, Mm -hmm.
0: we cook bacon. Yeah, sausage really isn't that fun to cook. Like, ground sausage. Ground sausage is a different story. And it's so hard to find, like, a good, I mean... There are a lot of good sausage brands as far as, like, breakfast sausage. Yeah. But cooking them evenly is always kind of a chore. And you can't, like, ignore them like
1: you can ignore bacon. Right. Like, I can... Dakota can start bacon, and we can just kind of hang out, drink coffee, and then when we flip the bacon,
0: I'll start the eggs. Yeah.
1: Because I typically am the egg cooker in this house.
0: I'm also the egg cooker.
1: Uh, I... Put a lot of pressure on myself to get that yolk perfectly runny. Perfect. We, we like a runny yolk in this house, uh, unless we're trying to eat a sandwich. I actually still like to have a runny yolk on my sandwich. Dakota likes his
0: fully cooked. Keegan, before, he had never had an egg with runny yolk. I just don't know where this kid grew up. It's very tragic. Um. So when we lived in our first apartment together, I was cooking eggs, and I... of the time I'm gonna have a medium egg yes I'm not a huge scrambled egg person unless it has like onion pepper ham cheese I mean really at this point an omelet but a scrambled yes yes and I was like why don't I make you a medium fried egg and he's like well I've never had one like the yolk kind of freaks me out and I'm like magical you don't know what you're missing and so from that point forward, he has always wanted medium eggs. But now we make breakfast a lot for dinner, which is kind of a more of a mess sometimes than just, you know, it, it, it kind of is. It, it really is. Um, but he likes to make breakfast sandwiches and he mm-hmm. does the runny yolk, but he also puts mayonnaise on it. Yeah. I just, and my friend Haley, who made our logo. What up, Haley? She introduced Keegan to that. I'm like, y'all are so weird. Well, I just don't like mayonnaise. I like mayonnaise. It has to be, like, real mayonnaise. My dad is a real mayonnaise man. But I'm also not a huge at-home sandwich person. Ooh, we we do a lot of, like, fancy bread, fancy deli meat, fancy cheese. I can do that, but... It's very rare that I'm buying those items. We buy those items specifically for the sandwich. <laughs> Always sourdough bread. I don't know if I've ever bought sourdough bread to make a sandwich. Uh,
1: Sourdough is our favorite bread. Mm. It's. It... I just love bread. Oh, yeah. I love bread. I love making bread. Obviously, I made biscuits this morning. Mm. Uh, so good. Since quarantine has been a thing, it hasn't really affected us that much because we don't leave the house a lot. (laughs) We are kind of homebodies. Like, if you met us, you would think that I am the social one because I try to overcompensate for my introvertedness by, like, I don't know. I don't try that hard, honestly. uh, Whatever. But Dakota's much more social than I am. It just doesn't seem like it because he is... Kind of more aloof yeah. in person. Yeah. And, but he's more social than me. He right. wants to like go and do stuff a lot more often. Yeah. I want to make plans. I want to like, yes, I want to go. I'm going to hang out. And then the day comes and yes. I'm like,
0: ooh. See, that's how I am. I want to do things, but I only want to do them with certain people. I'm not just, oh, yeah. I'm not just down to do stuff like, with whoever at whatever time, I'm not even down to do stuff with people I like. Sometimes, <laughs> just uh, it's yeah. such
1: a weird feeling. And what's good about Dakota is that he gets very excited to like have company and yeah. like go hang out with our friends and Olathe go hang out with his brother. And so his excitement makes meet obviously not want to cancel plans so then we end up going and it's fun and we play games and we you know do whatever right so he keeps me from being but like on weekends that he has gone out of town for like work or for motorcycle shit I make plans like for every night he's gone I make plans to like hang out with whoever and go places and I always cancel them yeah like it comes to the day and they're like hitting me up like hey are we still on and I'm like you know what
0: no <laughs> <laughs> well we Keegan and I are actually gonna go out tonight for like a late birthday celebration oh and... yeah happy birthday
1: Keegan yeah and he's
0: 18 <laughs> forever 18 Keegan oh, is. he really is you know I mean we're gonna hit 50 and people are gonna be like damn, dude, is your husband like 32? And I'm going to be like, yes, yes, he is. Hell yeah. Um, and honestly, I'm thinking about having to make myself presentable enough to go have dinner. And I'm kind of leaning towards picking up some bomb ass food and bringing it home and eating it and then picking up the kids afterwards. Why not bring home delicious food? not be around other people and watch netflix where we're like eight episodes deep in a new documentary we've got to finish that shit especially before a certain episode that we're going to be doing in a few weeks dun 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 so i wish
1: i could do the like dick wolf law and order
0: um, sound with
1: my mouth like dun
0: dun You know, we could be really cheesy and get like a little, (laughs) like a little sound machine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would not be cool. No, we would probably get sued for using that. Oh, probably. This is not
1: sponsored by Dick Wolf.
0: No, we're not sponsored. But that's a sick ass name. We're sponsored by Biscuits and Gravy. That's right. So I guess, uh... We've talked about food for 13 minutes. (laughs) That's it for the breakfast nook. (laughs) That's Um, it for today's episode. Everyone have a good week. (laughs) We're only
1: talking about breakfast food from now on.
0: And um, what we're about to get into, you are going to be very concerned that we consume food before talking about this stuff. I promise you that um, we're fine. Mentally. Rock solid stomachs over here. We are fine. Um... You know, we just had to get energized. I took my uh, vitamins this morning, two cups of coffee, lots of water. So here we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, no sugar. Well, Emily had sugar. Her coffee is basically
1: sugar. So Yeah. I just can't drink coffee without creamer, guys. I just, just half and half in my coffee. Ugh. That's it. No yeah. sugar. Can't do it. S- I can't
0: drink sweet coffee. We're the polar... Opposite ends of the spectrum here. I am a sweet coffee drinker all the way. And only certain creamers. I don't like the fancy, like, pumpkin so- spice.
1: Blah. Mm.
0: I like yeah, none of a it. good French vanilla. Um, Keegan and I are currently on a caramel vanilla creamer kick. But I don't put sugar in my coffee along with creamer. That's good. So. Um,
1: sometimes I don't even use half and half. I just drink it black. I can't. Um, because we we're about the coffee in this house so we have La we have a subscription to La they're a coffee company and they're awesome they make the best draft lattes that come in the can like the cold brew draft lattes La is the best I've tried Probably every single one that they make. The mm-hmm. only one that is drinkable is La Colombe and that's how I dis. We discovered the company is through those because they were in Whole Foods, and we used to live by a Whole Foods. And Dakota like brought one home, and I was like, hmm. "This is
0: I've never had good it. as shit.
1: It's so good. Um, I like their triple, <laughs> obviously, because oh, in like an eight ounce can, there's like the equivalent of Two and a half cups of coffee worth of caffeine in there. Good. Obviously, that's where I go. But so we got a subscription for their ground coffee. So Mm -hmm. we get it like every three weeks. We get, they just send us a random brew, flavor, all of it. So this morning we're drinking one called Lyon
0: because this company
1: is French and they are based out of Pennsylvania though. So it is a medium roast with. Notes of toffee and caramel.
0: I might also add, we were not paid to say any of this. Oh yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Maddie over here is going to be the next spokesperson.
1: Shout out to Lockalum if you want to sponsor us. I'm open to it. We're drinking it right now. I paid for all of the coffee consumed during this episode. Yes. So that that is our favorite. But we also get a we try a lot of coffee. And we also just buy your regular old coffee from the store, too. Yeah. Mond- that's Monday through Friday coffee. <laughs> this is Saturday coffee. This is podcast coffee.
0: Yeah. It's, it's our special coffee. So today, you guys, we are talking about Bob Burdella. Well, Ooh. Robert Burdella. I feel like. He is not very well known.
1: We both listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, and I've never Never heard, ever. I've heard one episode of a podcast cover this guy, the Kansas City Butcher, and that is a recent, recent episode of Truth and Justice with Bob Ruff. Okay. Because he had on one of the hosts of the Generation Y podcast... Uh-huh and those guys are from Kansas City. Oh, okay. So they talk about him, but that's that literally came out a couple of weeks ago and it's the only episode I've ever encountered that covered him.
0: I'll have to listen to that because there's not there's nothing on film about this. Yeah.
1: I read somewhere that there's a movie like but they said that it was horrible like i didn't watch it i don't know anything about it but the yeah. review i, think I read it was a,
0: like a very independent film
1: yeah the review i read said it just wasn't very well done so i didn't bother looking into it any further
0: yeah i never like dove super deep into bob Berdella. Mm-hmm. we're we're calling him bob not robert everywhere you look up it's going to say robert but bob yeah he, uh, we're local so around here he's bob bardella right and, I mean, I've known a lot about him for a long time, mm-hmm. so it was kind of cool to really get into it. We want to talk about the victims. Yes. Um, I feel like serial killers, murderers, stuff like that, they focus so hard on the murderer mm-hmm. and... Don't spend a lot of time on the victims when that is truly who these stories are about. Yeah. Because people are so obsessed with serial killers.
1: Yeah. And I get that. We totally get that. Yeah. Same.
0: You have to look into their victims because they were human beings. Mm -hmm. They deserve justice and they deserve to be remembered in every way and it's just so sad when so many lives are taken at such a young age, but then people still mainly focus on the guy who killed them.
1: Yeah, and it, it sucks, especially in the context of this story specifically, because looking for victim-specific information outside of their age and name, there's, like, skint information yeah. about them. Like even if you really try to like who really was this person, it's it, it's not a lot of information outside of their relationship to their killer. Yeah.
0: So, Bob Burdella had 7 victims, one of which escaped alive. Mhm. And that is incredible.
1: That's I I'm always so blown away by survivor stories.
0: Yeah. And you never know how you're going to react. Oh, no. In a horrifying situation. Mm -hmm. And we always say that we'll never put ourselves into anyone's shoes. But how fucking courageous would it be to try to get the fuck out of where you're being held captive? Because. That, to me, I could not imagine the adrenaline.
1: Yeah. It's so, so, so difficult when you've never experienced anything like that to say, oh, I would react this way. Yeah. My initial reaction, if I, like, try to think about myself experiencing that, would be like, well, I'm definitely not making it. Yeah. I. I I feel like I would freeze. Fight or flight. Yeah, I might be a freeze person. Like, I'm doing neither flying nor fighting. Yeah, Yeah. because, I mean, you just don't know. You don't know how you're going to react. You really don't know.
0: And, I mean, thank God that the opportunity presented itself to this guy. His escape is, like, so impressive. Yeah. We want to go through the victims first. And... After that, we're going to talk a little bit about Bob's childhood and then kind of go over what happened to these victims. And this dude's crime spree wasn't super long. It was Mm -mm. four years, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, one day is too long of a crime spree. But historically, serial killer crime sprees are usually
1: much longer than that.
0: So if it wasn't for this dude that escaped who knows mm-hmm. how long this could have gone on. Yes, that's exactly right. In a neighborhood full of people. Yeah. A dude that was a business owner. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Yeah, it is. You don't know who anyone is. You don't know anyone. No. Trust no one. Trust no one. I mean, Bob had neighbors.
1: He had a, a mustache that was pretty... It looked pretty trustworthy.
0: He really looked like a dude that could help you fix your lawnmower.
1: That mustache could definitely fix a lawnmower. Yeah. He looked so
0: normal. In that time period, especially. I say time yes. period, like the 80s wasn't that long ago. Yeah. I wasn't alive yet, but still. I was also not alive yet. So, I know someone very well.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She actually, in the early 80s, lived on the same street as Bob, like across and over a house. Mm -hmm. She described him as pretty reclusive, but thought that he was, you know, very respectful, a normal neighbor, had a lot of normal interactions with him, you know, waving hello in the morning when they're getting in their car to go to work. But this was also before his first victim. Um, So Mm -hmm. this was like... 80, 81, 82. Right. She really only had a few interactions with him. Uh, she said that his house was pretty quiet, you know, not super suspicious. He didn't have a lot of people over, but if there were people over, there, they were young men, typically, and she didn't think anything about that. Right. Yeah. And she kind of describes him as having like a John Lennon look to him. You know, the glasses Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and just his mannerisms, really. He seemed very nice. Yeah. And not weird at all. Yeah. You know, one time she was out on her front porch drinking coffee and he walked over to come visit for a while. And another time she was on the front porch with her newborn baby, was a few months old. And Bob actually came over to see the baby, you know, wanted to say hi. Did he hold the baby? I don't think so. Ooh. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Uh, but he did tell her, like, hey, once she gets old enough to, you know, play around in the yard and stuff, just make sure she doesn't come in my backyard because I have mean dogs and I don't want her to get hurt. And thinking about that now, because it was before his first victim, but I don't know if he was doing any weird shit before then.
1: You know I, what I mean? Yeah.
0: I would I would assume so. She thought that was super nice of him to warn her, like, hey, I have mean dogs. So like did don't he, did he really have dogs? She thinks that he had two chows. Oh uh, chows are t- like, can be can a be little, mean. They look terrifying. They're huge. So other than that, I mean she didn't have any weird interactions with him, but after she moved out out of that neighborhood end of 82-ish. She was watching the news one morning and um, she's like, shit, that's my old house on the news. And the camera panned over and they were pointing at Bob Bradella's house. And she was like, what? That's so, so insane. That to me is the craziest thing because... Just like every other serial killer, they are these super nice, quiet, you would never think they would hurt a fly, and there you are one morning, watching the fucking news, and you think to yourself, holy shit, I had coffee with that dude, I waved to that dude in the morning, thank God I was able to sell my house before that happened. Yeah. But the house is gone now. It was... His yeah. house is gone. If you have saw our Instagram, that's the picture of his house on the the post. Just chills.
1: Dude, that's so crazy. That's It is crazy. The weird thing is, is that if one of my neighbors turned out to be like a killer of any kind and his picture was on the news, I wouldn't know who the fuck it was. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I my don't, neighbors. I don't know any of my neighbors. Like, really? Yeah. Except for the bitch across the street who backed into my car and then like just fucking peaced <laughs> out. It's like, oh no, I don't know what happened to. You. Oh, you don't drive a white car? That's white paint on my door, and my car is literally like on the opposite side of the street, even with your driveway.
0: Uh, times are different, man.
1: Yeah, you D- don't didn't don't... even leave a note.
0: <sighs> the fuck. Back then, they would have left a note and like a hundred dollar bill, probably.
1: Back then, they may probably would have knocked on our door and woke us up in the middle of the night just to apologize. Yeah. And now this bitch is like, I don't know, I didn't see anything. Yeah, like
0: come on, man. Fuck you. At least you're not a serial killer, but I mean, I mean, st- still, yeah, yeah, true.
1: But I would probably know her face on the news. So our firsthand account, delivered by Emily. Um, <laughs> it's. I think that's one of the reasons why we did decide to pick a local story because it's, we know people who like actually interacted with this person. It's so weird. Yeah,
0: because he was like a business owner and he had a, we'll get into that later. Yeah, he
1: had, he had a lot of shit going on, but before we talk about his life, we're going to talk about the victims because we want the entire story to be in the context of The people who actually suffered at the hands of this fucking dickhead. Yeah. So we're going to go in chronological order. His first victim was Jerry Howell, age 20, in 1984. His second victim was Robert Sheldon, age 18. Damn, dude. Fucking so young. He was killed in 1985. Mark Wallace was 20- And he was killed in 1985. James Ferris, also age 20, 1985. Todd Stoops, age 21, 1986. Larry Pearson, age 20, 1987. And his last victim is also the victim who escaped alive. And his name was Chris Bryson, age 22. He was kidnapped in 1988 i think he was held for a handful of days maybe Mm -hmm. like three to five days he was like kept and um then he escaped and he is the reason why bob Rudella was captured yeah and ultimately convicted Mm -hmm. so those are the victims and there's a clear Pattern. Victim type here. Yeah. They're all men between the ages of 18 and 22. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of them suffered from substance abuse or were sex workers. Um, so Bob would really profile these people. Yeah. And pretend like he was offering them a place to stay if yes. they, you know, if they didn't have anywhere to stay or he would tra- pretend that he was going to be soliciting sex from them and then yeah. it would not yeah. go that way. So, they're, you know, these are people who are in society that were vulnerable for, very, you know, sex workers are typically more vulnerable, people
0: with substance abuse. So, he was and picking on vulnerable Yeah, people. and they're often... They're often targets of people like this. They are targets. Because they are more accessible than people, you know, these are people who are, you know, especially sex workers, they are soliciting services of people. Yes. So it is easy for these predators to get them in their car Mm -hmm. or invite them to their house. And that is nothing against sex workers at all. All No,
1: it just the but nature of their work. Yeah,
0: and historically there are a lot of cases yes. on, you know, sex workers ending up in these situations because it is so easy for these predators to find them.
1: Yes, and also I think predators target sex workers because they think that there are probably fewer people that are going to notice that they're yes. gone. Yes. And which historically has been true Mm -hmm. because a lot of times people have turned to sex work and maybe don't have a lot of communication with their family.
0: Right. And a lot of people with family members who have gone missing or are murdered, and then the police find out that they were sex workers. Yes. They're kind of like,
1: eh. Yeah. The police, even, you know, if the family, when the family reports them missing, the police don't treat it like they would treat
0: other cases because right. they're sex workers. You know, There's they the think well they put themselves in that situation which and is that is so is just much ridiculous. Shit.
1: That is just so sh- that's the biggest
0: piece of shit. They're ever. human
1: beings. They're humans and we should not it, it should not even be a relevant factor. If a human is missing and or murdered, we should just treat it as a missing person slash yep. murder case. Yep. Find out what happened. Mm-hmm. Where are they? who did it
0: exactly the the fact that
1: they're a sex worker should not come into it at all aside from trying to figure out where they were last no. seen it, it's ugh. it's like when young people go missing and they're like oh they're probably a runaway yeah
0: yeah you, can't, with you friends. can't
1: you can't report them missing because it hasn't been 24, 48, 72 hours, whatever the yeah, criteria is they're in that 18. state. Yeah, they're 16. They probably just ran away. She's probably with her boyfriend. Fuck you, dude. No, yeah. like, look for my kid.
0: Yeah. And I think people need to realize that parents, for the most part, know their children. Yes. And unless it is just a very troubled child, kids don't run away that often. Yes. And if they do, there's probably a text message somewhere in there. Um, they've been in contact with at least friends. Yes. And we are absolutely in no way experts on that subject, but it pisses us off that there are always situations where they're like, eh, well, she's 18, like, she's not really a runaway, like, she's not your dependent. Yeah. Bros. It's
1: It's so annoying. It's so annoying. And like,
0: we are not saying that law enforcement does not do their job. But back in the day,
1: it, it it has gotten better. There are situations where this is a problem. Yes. You know, there's always room for improvement in any area. And I think that t- whenever a parent is trying to report their child missing...
0: Police should take it seriously. Like, immediate action should be taken. Now, Amber Alerts are a thing. Those are... Action is taken immediately. Yes. But it seems like the older... Now, I've seen Amber Amber Alerts on 16-year-old kids. Totally appreciate that. Yeah. But I mean... I'm sorry, people are still kids when they're 18 and 19 years old. You should be concerned about a person, no matter how old they are, no matter what their situation is. If someone has not heard from them and someone is shaken to the point that they are calling the police because they can't find them, Something is fucking wrong. And typically,
1: if it's an adult that they're reporting on, they've probably called them multiple times. They've probably went to their house and tried Mm -hmm. to knock on the door. Yeah. They've probably called their inner circle and asked around. Like, they're not just like, oh, they didn't answer the phone. Call the police.
0: Yeah. Most people aren't doing that. They're taking, yeah, they're making sure that they have checked every corner before calling the police. Yes.
1: Like, my mom is notorious for not answering her phone. Thanks, Mom. Um, <laughs> it's such a problem. Like, I'll call her and she won't answer. And then I hang up and I, like, sometimes I just want to talk to my mom. Yeah. And I'm just like, Mom, answer the phone. Oh, my God, I'm your firstborn. <laughs> I Sometimes, now this is really terrible. Um, please don't come for me. But I sometimes, I haven't done this in a long time, but I'll, like, leave her a message. Like, Hello, Mom. This is your firstborn. Thank you so much for answering your phone. I'm laying on the side of the road, bleeding from the neck. Answer your goddamn phone. (laughs) It's so horrible, but obviously she knows I'm leaving that message. I'm not bleeding out.
0: Exactly.
1: But I know that my mom doesn't answer her phone.
0: Some people just aren't good at that.
1: But then I call Dillard. He answers, and he's like, you want to talk to your mom, don't you? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> so,
0: oh, shit. You know. But
1: my dad always answers. Every, my dad always answers
0: his phone. Always. There's just those people that don't answer all the time. I know those people. I mean, and it's I'm, not because they're avoiding your phone call. Yeah. They just, like, aren't super attached to their phone. Yeah. Sometimes or don't I carry don't it around answer. in their pocket all the time. Men typically have their phone in their pocket. Yeah. Girls leave their phone laying about, I think, much more than guys do. Probably, yeah. Because... Guys aren't on their phones as much as girls are. Yeah. So it's pretty much in their pocket all the time. Yeah. But now that we've uh, talked about that, I guess we (laughs) could uh, hop into Bob's childhood. Yes. Um, Why don't you go ahead and take that away? I sure will. (laughs) So Bob grew up in a very religious Roman Catholic family um, in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Pronunciation not guaranteed. Kaya Huga. I've heard the word. I've said it. I've never read it. So Hoya looking at it, I think it's Kaya Huga. <laughs> I think the last part is Hoga. Okay, but we're gonna go. Well, he grew up in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> that we know is right. <laughs> so yeah, his family was super religious. He was severely nearsighted. He had high blood pressure and a speech impediment. So you can only imagine mm. that. I mean, that's sad. And that would obviously make him an easy target for bullies.
1: Yes. Which naturally
0: is fucked up.
1: And, bu- you know, there's always bullying. Like, it was probably much more blatant and severe in the 60s. Like, yeah, people were probably fucking relentless. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, four eyes, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, that doesn't really happen anymore bullying has taken a turn it's taken a turn not really for the better just different different. yeah he was also bullied by his father which is a huge shocker and um (laughs) these stories oh
1: yeah it's never the
0: father he would often not only verbally abuse bob but physically abuse him because he wasn't super athletic he did have a brother and so I feel like his dad kind of compared the two of them a lot, which mm-hmm. is fucked up. Like, that's kids so are fucked different. Up. I have two sons, and they're not super old, and I can already tell they are much different from each other.
1: Yeah, I have four siblings. None of us are remotely alike.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's just how humans work. Yeah. And let's get over the fact like, dad's. Not all of your sons are gonna be fucking star quarterbacks in the NFL. And be honest with yourself. Are you? Exactly. Come on. Come on. I mean, we know you're not abusing your kids out there, people, but
1: Yeah. We hope that our listenership doesn't abuse kids and isn't throwing it in their face that they're not athletic. And if you do, please unfollow us. Please
0: fuck off if you're doing that. <laughs> oh man. By the time that Bob was a teenager, he had realized that he was gay. He kept that information private from the people in his life. That time period was probably very hard to Mm -hmm. be gay, let alone be openly gay.
1: Yeah, we're talking late 60s. So this is like maybe right around the time of Stonewall. So it's not being gay is very,
0: very stigmatized at this time. Still, yeah. I can't imagine how hard it would be to not be able to be yourself around your family, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no matter how fucked up they were to begin with. Yeah. But also, you know, your peers. Yeah. So that had to have been really hard,
1: especially being in a Roman Catholic
0: family in like, the Midwest. In the <laughs> in the Midwest, like fuck, dude. Yeah. He graduated high school in '67. After he graduated, he moved to Kansas City and he attended the Kansas City Art Institute. I remember when I was about to graduate high school, I told my mom that I wanted to go to KCAI. Why? I don't fucking know. I wanted Dude, to KCAI be-
1: AI is fucking awesome. I wanted
0: Wait. to be like a wildlife photographer or
1: something. <laughs> yeah, well, you could have. Dakota wanted to go to KCAI. He's a really talented
0: artist. Like, Well, and then the tuition... Oh, like it's like $32,000 it a year. It is high as shit. It's
1: because it's private. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So,
1: And because education costs in this country are out fucking rages. Please don't get me started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. But once he got to the Art Institute, he was finally able to be openly gay for the first time.
1: Obviously, it's an art school. People are more progressive thinking. Right. Even then. Yeah, even then. People probably... Went to art school specifically to be in an environment that was much more accepting.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure that was a huge relief for him. Yes. So.
1: We're still not sympathetic
0: to Bob, though. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. These are not excuses. So his dad was Robert Berdella Sr. He worked at Ford as a die setter. And we weren't really sure what that is, but I asked someone who works at Ford. Their response was, when I asked what a die setter was, he said they work on the dies, which is a type of machinery in the stamping plant where they press sheet metal. Um, That doesn't really matter, but I wanted to clear it up since we had no clue what it was, and now we know.
1: Yeah, now we know. Knowledge nugget.
0: Bob's dad died unexpectedly on Christmas Day in 1965. So
1: we're going to guess that he was 16. 15.
0: Yeah. Bob had a brother, Daniel, which we mentioned before, and their father was often abusive to both of them. And like we said before, he compared the two of them and Daniel was very athletic compared to Bob. And I can only imagine the impact that had on constantly being compared to a sibling. Yeah. Yeah. His mom, her name was Mary, she was a homemaker, and after Robert Sr. died, she was remarried, and that drew a lot of animosity from Bob, and I think that's a pretty common feeling for kids to have.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially he was in his mid-teens, he yeah. he's not really like fully understanding, and it also only said soon after, so it didn't give like how long num- like an exact time frame.
0: Yeah. He had a lot of resentment For his mom, and that could kind of explain his condescending attitude towards her and towards women later in life. And I think that's kind of common. You see a lot of, now, Bob's victims were males, Mm -hmm. but even with serial killers, I mean, I guess you would consider Bob a serial killer. Yeah, yeah, of course. i feel like it's very common for serial killers to have resentment towards women or f- like feminism in general yeah and that's i think that's a lot a lot to do with their childhood mhm obviously someone's mother getting remarried after the death of their husband isn't a great reason to not particularly like women
1: right It's definitely because he was in his mid-teens, not fully understanding. Right. You know, uh, I've lost a parent and uh, my dad remarried. You don't hate him for it. No. Well, I was there when my stepmom passed away and I saw the effect it had on my dad. Right. Like, he physically, like, couldn't stand up. Right. So, it was the worst... Easily the worst day of my whole fucking life, but
0: well, and there's no reason that someone should have to stay alone and unhappy, like yeah, and just fucking sad forever. Yeah.
1: And my dad remarried probably two years after Angel passed away. Well, so and there's no rule. There's no rule, and I mean, I I don't know. I it didn't bother me. Yeah, it. I understood that he just needed someone to be a companion in his
0: life yeah i get that and you never thought that he was replacing her in any way
1: no no absolutely not how the
0: normal human brain should work yeah
1: and i was also 24 and understood much better and also saw that my dad couldn't really take care of himself you know he didn't because angel paid all the bills Mm -hmm. so when she was gone my dad, like, calls me one day, and he's like, I don't know how to pay my electric bill, and they just shut it off. Like, he just had no clue. <laughs> and so it took several months of me, like, having to, like, help my dad and stuff. Yeah. F- like, figure all of that well, shit out. Well, and
0: you get into those routines.
1: And they were married for over 20 – they were together over 20 years. Yeah. So
0: she just always did it. And there's really no – there's no reason – for you to learn how to do those things if it's just something that's always already it's done. It's just, he went to work every day. It's not like he that, expected her to do this she, shit. She just did it, and that's how it was. Yeah, she just did it. So why? She was
1: She was good at budgeting. She... I remember every Saturday morning waking up and she had just got out of the shower, hair in a towel, robe. She's balancing their checkbook. She's calling Mm -hmm. the bank, seeing what's cleared, seeing what's in there. Like,
0: that was what she did. She budgeted. So there was never any reason for him to have to deal with that at all. No, So when the time came, I can only imagine what a shock to the system it was. Yes,
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and, and he also couldn't buy food. I go over there, and all the food he fucking has is peanut butter crunch and expired milk.
0: Sounds and I'm like, like um, a four-year-old. What are
1: you doing? Yeah, how are you, how are you alive? You can't even eat. Peanut butter crunch is not going to sustain you.
0: Oh, God, I mean. It's
1: going to shred the top of your mouth, but it's not
0: going to sustain you. <laughs> There is not enough protein in that for a grown man.
1: It says peanut butter, but there's not enough peanut butter in
0: there. (laughs) Man, that is Jameson's favorite food. Oh, it's so good! It is so good. I love all cereal. Loves some peanut butter crunch. Oh, now I want cereal after two biscuits with gravy. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, anyways. Yeah. I mean, I can see how that would really turn someone's life upside down. I could not even begin to imagine how that would be. Mm -hmm. And I know that that is so hard for kids to get over. Not only the death of a parent, but having to like see your other parent with someone else like that has to be super weird.
1: It is definitely it is weird. It is weird. Yeah.
0: But at the same time, that's no excuse. It's not. It isn't. Yeah. It's, It, it isn't. Know.
1: I mean, yeah, he was 15, 16 years old, but even if you are... You can't,
0: f- you can't hate women because your mom remarried after your father passed away.
1: You can't. And if you're 15, 16 and you don't fully understand, when you're 20, 21, you should have yeah. matured enough to, to let that go, let it go, understand, and... Leave any resentment for your mom behind. Yeah. And it shouldn't leak over into just women in general. Right. Because that's just... She didn't kill his dad. His dad died of, like, a heart attack.
0: Yeah. It happens. Get the fuck over it, Bob. Jesus. Not the death of your dad. Your mom remarrying. Yes. Like, get over that. Get over that.
1: All right. This is when shit gets real fucked. So, adult Bob. He's at KCAI. And... Uh, You know, this is late 60s, early 70s, so he, of course, gets into drug use and a little bit of distribution. He does catch a charge for distribution, but it doesn't really go anywhere. It actually ends up being dropped, but he did get a charge for that. But this is whenever we start to see him display some really questionable tendencies Red Flags. Red Flag City. He begins to torture and kill animals.
0: And that is like one of the top bullet points on the list of, is your kid going to be a serial killer? It's like the flagship of signs. It's like, call the nearest children's hospital and ask to talk to their psychology department.
1: Yes, because if they're torturing animals and lighting fires... Yeah, they're nah.
0: I mean, he wasn't a child, but we can. It it's typically a a child a child tendency yes. for future weirdos.
1: Yes, <laughs> usually it isn't an, an indicator that something is ar- awry. Yeah, but I feel like that's not something you start as an adult. I that's, feel that's like what I'm saying. Maybe this is something he also did as a child, and maybe. it just is not. In the articles we found, it's yeah. not reported. Yeah. Maybe his parents did never discover it, whatever right. that may be. I feel like this is something that he probably did as yeah. a kid. Yeah. So he's torturing and killing animals. Ugh. And this leads into why he leaves KCAI because he does this uh, quote unquote art project. Ugh. And, um, It was really uh, a display of absolute psychopathy. So in this project, Berdella tortures, kills, and cooks a duck. Now, I couldn't really find anything that said what this project was. Like, did he, was it a like a live performance of this? Was he or
0: pictures? Was or... he
1: did he like photograph the process and display it? Was it a fine art piece that he like mm. I don't I don't know. There were no pictures of this that existed that I could find. It is
0: wildly disturbing. Uh yeah. And like, what the fuck have ducks ever done to humans? Yeah, I mean, yes! <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I've heard of, like, serial killer stuff, torturing, and it's just as fucked up, but, like, little kittens, or, it like, usually snakes, is a cat. Like, reptiles, frogs. A fucking duck? Yeah, how- first, first of all, how did he catch this duck? Where did he get the duck? Did he, like, buy a duck? I mean- As a child, my dad once bought me 12 baby geese and 12 baby ducks. We
1: also had baby birds. We had chickens, we had guineas, and we had turkeys.
0: So I'm wondering, did he buy buy this duck as a pet, or did he go snatch it from his local park with a pond?
1: Yeah, I feel like there's no way this unathletic, nearsighted piece of shit... Was able to catch an adult duck. <laughs> you just, like, splash out into the water and, like, snatch the weakest link of the duck herd. Oh, I can't. I don't know. I don't know how he caught this fucking duck, duck but... Herd. <laughs> what is... <laughs>
0: is it a school of duck? Is it a gaggle? A gaggle?
1: I know a group of ravens is a murder.
0: A group of ducks is called a raft of ducks. That is awesome. It makes sense because they're buoyant.
1: Yeah. So, after the duck project, I feel like this really should have raised some questions about the state of his mental health. Yes. Because mm, normal people just don't do that. Yeah, I mean, bottom line. It's just not. It's just not normal, but uh, it did raise some issues with the administration of KCAI. Uh-huh. Obviously, they had some issues with this project, right? And so, one of the articles that I read said that Bradella left because the KCAI administration gave him harsh backlash over this project. But then others said that he was actually expelled for this project. Yeah. So, unclear. It's really unclear whether he left on his own or he was expelled. But either way, he leaves. And after he leaves, is when he starts his like business. Yeah. So, he opens a store called Bob's Bazaar Bazaar. Bazaar, Bazaar, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like an oddities shop is what it was referred to. So he would find the like weird, like eclectic items, antiques, um, art, jewelry, stuff like that. That was just kind of like unique, probably really weird, I'm Mm -hmm. guessing. And he sold it in his shop. There were some stories that cited that he was a chef for a while. Yeah, I've seen that too. But it never said if he went to culinary school, never said, like, where he was a chef. Yeah. But it did say that part of his bizarre, bizarre store did have food involved. Like, yeah. he cooked food. I don't know what kind of food. I think it was probably just, like, your typical, like, food. Like, Americana food. Yeah. Probably. Um, so, it was in Old Westport. Yeah. There are a, a lot of – still a lot of, like, unique shops over there that will oh, sell, yeah. like, cool, like, little weird things. So right. that's kind of, like, the place where people still kind of have shops like mm-hmm. that. That's what he did. I mean, he seemed to have a pretty decent business he had.
0: He was able to buy his home. You know, he seemed to
1: run a pretty decent business.
0: Yeah, and at the time, the neighborhood that he lived in and the person that I know lived in um, – I mean, it was a nice, you know, normal neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, nothing weird about that. And he was also even in the neighborhood he lived in. He was their neighborhood watch block captain. (laughs) (laughs) So seemed to be like, I mean, other than the duck incident um, and, you know, some of the drug use, very normal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see that with a lot of serial killers. Like, John Wayne Gacy was kind of like that, too. He was in charge of, like, community groups and stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, hid boys under his floorboards.
0: Right. So now we're going to get into his victims a little bit more. We don't want to discuss these in, like, super graphic detail, but we do want to, like, convey how terrible Berdella was. Because these are things that need to be talked about. And, I mean, they did get justice legally even after their lives were taken. But sometimes it annoys me to see things, like, blanketed when, like, their stories deserve to be, like, heard. So his first victim was Jerry Howell. Jerry was the son of another booth owner down in Old Westport where Bob's shop was. And Burdella actually knew Jerry's father. Jerry was drugged and bound to a bed. He was tortured, raped, and sodomized and eventually asphyxiated. Bob then cut apart his body, put them in plastic bags, and then placed him outside for the garbage crew to pick up. Oh my god, that's so just horrifying. And you think to yourself, how would the trash guys not know? They're picking that shit up and throwing it in the truck and moving on. Like the garbage truck already smells awful. Yeah, they're
1: completely desensitized to smell.
0: They're just trying to get through the day. It's probably hot as fuck outside or cold as fuck. They have a full route that they need to get through and
1: they're just like throwing and going.
0: Yeah, and trash guys, I mean... Now I'm on another path. But trash guys do not get the credit they deserve. Yeah. That's some hard ass fucking. Could you imagine like hanging off the back of a truck for a full day and throwing shit? Like now a lot of them have like the arm that like come out and pick up. But back then like a lot of people just put trash bags out. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, And completely fucked.
1: And I bet. The garbage guy who, like, because it's probably the same guy who does the route every week. Yeah. And he was probably like, I picked that fucking trash up. Yeah. That was a person in yeah. there. Probably fucked him up forever. Yeah, it probably did. Jesus. So his second victim, Robert Sheldon, he was kidnapped in 1985. And this is the first victim that Bradella really... He did some really fucked up shit, and he, like, did experimented with some things. And, like, recorded it in journals. And recorded it in journals and took a lot of photos. And
0: these are a lot of things that, like, police then recovered from his house. Yeah.
1: He kept, like, boxes of Polaroids and stuff. It was... Ugh. So, Robert Sheldon is the first victim he really tried those things with, and he blinded him with drain cleaner and put caulk in his ears. To deafen him, because that like that's what you do put like in your house to like seal, seal things off. off. Yeah, and uh, he also experimented with weakening Sheldon with chemicals um, and drugs to make him complacent and like not fight back yeah. to whatever he was doing. So after killing him, Bordella buried his head in the backyard. And he would eventually go back and retrieve the skull and display it in his house.
0: I wonder at what point, like, he stopped having friends and stuff over to his house. I don't know.
1: Probably. I mean, like, probably
0: when he started doing this stuff. Probably. There's no way, like, there's no way you couldn't know by walking in there that something was going on.
1: Because you can tell. The pictures
0: of his house. Yeah. Like, from the outside, totally normal. Yeah. But the inside? Not normally. Yeah.
1: No. Gross. And you can tell. Like, if somebody were to have, like, a prop skull, just like a skull they ordered off the internet, or, well, I guess in this time you're not ordering anything off the internet, but going somewhere and buying, like, a skull, you could tell the difference between that and, like, that human skull was Um, not a skull when it
0: originally was here. Yeah. You could tell, I'm sure. Victim number three was Mark Wallace, and Berdella drugged him like he did most of his victims. He subjected him to high-voltage electrical shocks and stuck hypodermic needles into his back. After several days of torture, Mark Wallace passed away, and... I want to say that Mark Wallace is one of the victims. I don't know if he took photographs of all of them, Mm -hmm. but there are some pictures still out there, you know, from the crime scene. Mm -hmm. And there is one, and this one might be it. I think you know which one I'm talking about. There's, when you look at our sources, there's some websites um, that has... I personally don't want to put pictures like this on our social media. No. Um, some podcasts do this stuff. It's one thing to put, like, a creepy, like, crime scene picture, um, but I do not want to share pictures like that specifically No. to and tie that to our social media at all. But yeah, when you look in our sources, there's going to be a lot of stuff that leads to some pretty good articles about this. And I think one of them does have some crime scene photos.
1: Yeah, pictures of the Polaroids. And, and some of there were like, I only looked at one that actually had a victim in it. Yeah. And it was like in a corner and it's sitting in a chair with his head covered, I yeah. think.
0: Yeah. Ugh, it's so so just gut-wrenching it's in and, and this and this is not okay but it's one thing to kill people mhm and it's another thing to torture them for days it's, until they die
1: it's yeah it's a whole another level that we have that this is descended into completely depraved and disgusting and vile and gross. Yeah. And all of the other adjectives. Yep. So after Mark Wallace was James Ferris, and Ferris was again bound to a bed, and Bordella tortured him by shocking his genitals with 7,700 volts of electricity. James Ferris dies two days After being kidnapped
0: of this abuse. Very, like, mad scientist shit going on.
1: Yeah, you can just tell that he was just the epitome of sadist. And it's just gross. Yeah. It's so weird to think that this is a person who actually, like, existed. Right. That someone could be that sadistic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because there's really not – I mean, there are, but there's not a whole lot of serial killers that were this level of, like, days and days of torture. Yeah. And that's why I'm so confused why Berdella is not talked about more.
1: Maybe people read this story and they're like,
0: that's too fucking dark and we're not going to talk about it. that could be true. Next was Todd Stoops. He was 23 and Berdella picked him up in 1986 tortured him for weeks mm. until stoops died of blood loss oh my god he attempted to turn stoops into a submissive sex slave and tried to incapacitate him through electrical shocks to the eyes
1: oh uh, anything that has to do with eyes makes me clench my entire yeah body.
0: like ugh. ugh. it's so oh my god it's so cringe he also injected drain cleaner into his larynx. He was trying to render him mute. That was unsuccessful. But he, of course, raped and sexually assaulted him as well. So horrible. Uh, the I think, and this is stuff. This is not stuff that's happening in some fucking cabin in the woods. This is happening on a residential street in the middle of the city. Yes. I just I can't, I cannot Todd Stoops's mother won a five billion dollar judgment against Berdella for her son's wrongful death um, that of course exceeded anything Bradella could actually pay but it did prevent him from keeping any money he might make from his story such as writing a book so Todd Stoops's mom having
1: the wherewithal to go through a civil trial like that just you know to make sure that this horrible piece of shit didn't profit off of the what he did to these people yeah was like so badass todd stoops your mom's fucking badass yeah because people would consume that if if bob Bradella would have written a book people would have consumed that and the idea of him making a profit Ugh. Just disgusting. Yeah, so her having the foresight to be like, no, I'm not I'm not gonna stand for this. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Now we move to the last victim who actually passed away. Larry Pearson was killed in 1987. Burdella held Pearson for six
0: weeks. That's a long that time.
1: is a long time. He was tortured, much like all of the other victims, and um, eventually he was killed by asphyxiation due to a plastic bag over his head. And his head was buried in the backyard um, alongside Robert Sheldon's. I'm guessing that his body was treated like the others and put out... Disposed of somewhere. Yeah, disposed of through the garbage, possibly. Interestingly, Pearson, through his, you know, all the drugs that Berdella was pumping into him, did attempt to fight him off and resist what Berdella was trying to make him do. Mm -hmm. And when Berdella was trying to force Larry to perform oral sex on him, he actually almost bit off Bob Berdella's penis. That is so... Badass. God only knows how how far into his confinement he actually did this. Yeah, But, you know, he was probably thinking, Burdell could have bled out. Yeah. Like, if he would have actually bitten all the way through, he really could have bled out. Yeah. And then possibly Larry could have escaped. Yeah. So he was really fighting for his life. Unfortunately, at that point is when Bob actually asphyxiated him and he didn't live. But Bradella had to have surgery.
0: I wonder what he said.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what questions you ask if somebody comes in with a partially
0: severed penis. Yeah. I mean it probably happens more often than we think. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Now we move on to Chris Bryson, who was the last victim and survivor. He was held for around five days. He was also like all the others, bound, tortured, and drugged. He at one point managed to talk Bordella into letting him have a cigarette and some matches. One day, he waited for Bordella to leave the house, and he used the matches to burn through his bindings. I can't even imagine the willpower involved in that. Like. Yeah. I am terrified of, like, even getting, like, a tiny burn from, like, a lighter or, like, taking fucking biscuits out of the oven. Blisters are the worst. I couldn't imagine burning through things that are binding your hands together.
1: And also, if you think of how long a match burns, it's not that long. And
0: and especially if you're not, like, holding it the
1: right way. And yeah, he's bound. He's trying to keep a hold of these matches in order yeah. to get these bindings off. The sheer willpower to survive and burn. He probably didn't even feel no anything burning him. He was so. Too much adrenaline. So much adrenaline. He just knew this was probably his only, only opportunity. Chance. Yeah. And he fucking
0: did it. Yeah. So he eventually did get through his bindings and he jumped from the second story window of Berdella's house and made it to a neighbor's house. The neighbor then called police and then went from there. And I can only imagine the psychology that goes along with like trying to get your captor to do something like give you a smoke and give you some matches. Mm -hmm. You know, I, you see like on TV a lot, kidnap situations and like eventually they start talking to their captor as a friend and Mm -hmm. stuff like that to like get in their head yeah to gain trust Mm -hmm. so he's a badass not saying his other victims did not fight for their lives Mm -hmm. but unfortunately they didn't make it yeah and it's just so fortunate that chris was able to escape to end that spree of just Absolute fucking terror.
1: Yeah. And he had already been there for five whole days. Like, five days is a,
0: like, you know how long a work week
1: is. Yeah. Oh, man. That is, it's, now, Larry Pearson was probably the longest at six weeks. That's so, that is so long. Oh, my gosh. That's so long. And the despair you just have to feel. I just
0: couldn't imagine the emotions that would go through your head. I am not going to lie. I am afraid of death thinking about dying one day from natural causes or even in my sleep as an old woman Mm -hmm. terrifies me Uh i couldn't imagine like knowing that i was just gonna die at some point very soon yeah by the hands of another human being so i think i'm more
1: afraid of drawn out pain than actual just death yeah that's true that's true. I I feel like I have a pretty high pain threshold, generally, but the idea... This is why, like, watching horror films, I will typically go more toward, like, a Halloween or Friday the 13th type of movie. Cannot do the torture movies. The torture gore movies, I cannot watch. I feel like I can almost feel
0: it when I watch Yeah, it. like, I can't watch people, like, break bones, either. Like, a, no. like skateboarding videos or something oh. where a dude breaks his ankle. I can't. Yeah. I just can't do it. And I never have been able to do it. Yeah. I remember back in the day, my best friend used to, she loved the Saw movies, oh. Cheyenne. And I couldn't watch them. Yeah. And one day she's like, you know what? We're watching Saw. We're turning all the lights off. And that freaking scene with the freaking hands and the acid and the razor blades around the wrist where they had to like, nope, can't even talk about it. I can't watch – like,
1: I watched the first one, and it was – I got through it because it's not, like – spoiler alert, he cuts his foot off. Yeah. It's been out for 40 fucking years. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I watched it, got through it. It wasn't that bad, but every one after – They're just trying to up the ante on the amount of, and it's self inflicted. Yeah. Because then you get into the headspace when you're watching it. Like, if I was that person, could I do that? I know. I immediately think, no, I would fucking die. Yeah. I would. There's no way. But you obviously don't know once you're in, if you unfortunately find yourself in that situation. Uh, Yeah, you just don't don't
0: know because I would like to think, and I think everyone does, that you would try. Whatever the fuck you could to get out of there. Yeah. And especially with what he was doing to these men. Yeah. I mean, being drugged. Yes. It's going to be very hard to be in the state of mind to make smart enough decisions on how to get free and escape. And, I mean, who even knows how much of the time they're even, like, conscious.
1: Yeah. I mean... They probably are not lucid most of the time. Right. And especially if he's, like, blinded you, deafened you, you can't hear to know if he's in an adjacent room, if he's still in the house, if if he's gone. If he's hurt his car. Yeah. You have no, like, they had no idea what was
0: going on or where he was. So... Chris Bryson took a fucking risk. He
1: did. He, yeah. I mean, at that point, he was clearly lucid enough.
0: Right. And he to had... To plan that. He, he had, had to have planned yeah,
1: that out. He managed to make Bordella feel like he wasn't going to run. Yes. He got him lulled into this sense of security uh-huh. that Chris was defeated. He just... Wasn't going to try anything and managed to get himself some matches and get
0: himself free and save his life, you know? Yeah. So after he escaped, Bob was arrested April 4th in 1988. And Maddie, I will let you talk about the terrible things that the police found when they searched his home.
1: When they arrested him, the police obviously searched the home. As they do. And they've just found it packed to the brim with unimaginable horrors. Right. Like we've said, he kept Robert Sheldon's skull. Uh-huh. He originally buried it in the backyard, but then dug it up to put it on display in his home. So they find the skull, and they also found a second skull. It, I'm not clear on if this was another one of the victims or if it was a victim they never identified because it's entirely possible that there are other victims beside this seven. Right. Um because really they did never find full remains. Yeah. Because of how he disposed of them. Yeah. And by the time they caught him there's no way for them to actually recover the bodies of his victims. Right. Aside from the two human skulls that they found on display. They found a blood-stained barrel, so that's always a red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, a satanic ritual robe. So he, earlier in his life, had d- displayed interest in the occult. Yeah. So he took that and made it horrible. Yeah. I don't... I mean, he had this robe. I don't know. Um, There's probably a lot more shit that they found in there. Like, obviously, like we've said, he kept extensive journals of what he did to each one of his victims and took Polaroids of what he did. And so they they had a lot of
0: evidence like like that. There was no, like, "Mm, I don't really know if this guy did these things. (laughs) It was like... Okay, you're going to fucking jail.
1: Yeah, this guy did all the shit. Yeah. So even though there was a large amount of evidence in his house that pointed to people having been tortured and murdered, there weren't any bodies. Right. So it made it really difficult to actually charge him with anything with, with murder besides what he did to Chris Bryson, which I think at the most would probably be attempted murder and, um, kidnapping and confinement. Yeah. Obviously they can't charge him with murder because Chris Bryson survived. Right. But attempted murder, um, aggravated assault and battery could potentially be in there. Hello, one year of law school. (laughs) (laughs) Shit's paying off. (laughs) Oh, geez. You know what? That one year I spent in law school, it, it- it's becoming handy. I mean. A little. Uh, yeah. Made buying this house a little more <laughs> illuminating. Um, <laughs> so luckily for police, Bob Bradella really reveled in the atrocities he committed to other people. And they were sifting through the hundreds of photos they found in the house. And there was one of a man suspended from the ceiling by his heels and he was clearly deceased. Yeah. So, at this point, they were able to charge him. And I guess originally they were holding him on $500,000 bond for the the crimes he committed against Chris Bryson. And the judge revoked that, so he was held on no bond. Yeah. So, he was, of course, not able to post anything to get released. Right. So that's good.
0: Yeah, and not long after the charges were brought against Berdella, he finally pled guilty to first-degree murder and then eventually would end up confessing. So he ended up confessing to six murders in total, the six victims that we referred to earlier, um, excluding Chris because he got away. Um, So he ended up confessing to those six murders So he could avoid the death penalty. Mm -hmm. He identified his victims and gave police all of the terrible details of how he held his victims and how he tortured them and eventually killed them. And his his confession was really the only solid evidence they had of the deaths since there was no bodies, like you said earlier. He was given a plea deal to take the death penalty off of the table. And you see that a lot.
1: Yeah, that's really, like, the bargaining chip that a lot of prosecutors use in order to get, especially in, like, this case, since they had no bodies, the prosecutors were kind of like, we, we need to pull a deal here. Yeah, yeah. They didn't want to, they didn't want to go to trial on this.
0: Yeah. Finally, on December 19th in 88, his plea was accepted. And he was found guilty on six counts of murder and sentenced to two life sentences without the possibility of parole. The fact that a murderer is afraid of death is hilarious. Yeah. What a coward. And I will mention that during his confessions, some people said that it appeared he was kind of relishing in those moments while telling the stories and kind of liked the attention. Yeah. Which I I think is kind of a pattern in a lot of... I I think so. ...serial killers. Um, Famously
1: is Edmund Kemper, the co-ed killer. He loves telling stories about his victims. Yep. It's so disgusting. But you know what's so weird? is like Edmund Kemper is like a model prisoner. I know. I'm so... I I don't know what to say about it. It's... (laughs)
0: We'll do an episode on him, for those of you who don't know Ed Kemper.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mind Hunter. Yeah. Dude, that show is fucking awesome. It is.
0: And I really love the character they chose to play, Ed Kemper. Obviously, I didn't know Ed in real life, but I'm like...
1: Dad ringer, dude. Ringer.
0: Dad ringer for Ed Kemper. So, yeah, he went to prison. Wasn't there long. He died in prison
1: in 92 of a heart attack. Like his dad. Okay.
0: After only being there for
1: four years. Four years. This son of a bitch only served four fucking years.
0: I mean, like, bye.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> it said, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm glad that stupid asshole is dead, but still, he should have had to fucking be in prison longer. Yeah. It's so infuriating. Yep. And he was like writing letters to his mom, like, oh, my chest hurts. They're not like giving me enough attention. Shut up, Bob. No one
0: cares. So, this was a very dark episode. We really hate to, like, go into detail like we did. But at the same time, it really helps paint a picture of who this guy was. Mm -hmm. And,
1: And what the victims had to go through.
0: Yeah. I, like I said, I couldn't imagine. And I just can't believe that chris was able to get out of there like that is so badass to me yeah like that's some fucking movie shit right there he had some real gut like he
1: really mustered up every ounce of strength inside of himself in order to get out of that house of horrors
0: and once again you don't know who your neighbors are you don't know you don't know any anyone and i just could not imagine How the person I know (laughs) felt when she saw that on the news Mm -hmm. after being very friendly with this man. Yeah. That's just so wild to me. I think it's very rare that you really know anyone who, like, knew a serial killer. Yeah, I don't
1: think, aside from this person who I also know, uh, I I don't know anyone else who... Yeah. Really, actually, like, well, and there's someone. not
0: a lot from this area.
1: Yeah, there aren't a lot that we like know of from yeah. this area. I mean, there's Bob, and then well, like BTK, but yeah. that was that was Kansas side, but yeah. still close. We're still. very we're close Kansas side, but
0: dudes, that's Bob Burdella. Um, I'm kind of glad we picked this topic because not talked about a lot. It's not talked about that much. Um, I think that,
1: you know, that's kind of like what I like in a story is that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it. Like the cult we covered in episode two. Yeah. But I don't know a lot of podcasts that cover cults specifically to tell the story of the cults. Yeah. So, but I haven't, you know, a lot of true crime will go over the Manson family obviously like that's right. the
0: one that people talk and I about, think but. we'll eventually do stuff like Ted Bundy and Manson at some point mm-hmm. but they are so they are talked about so they're damn talked about much. So, mu- so, so much I'm so over Ted Bundy
1: I'm so over Ted Bundy and people
0: are acting like this is brand new fucking information I haven't been knowing about Ted Bundy <laughs> <laughs>
1: He was, like, the first, like, serial... Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer are, like, the first two serial killers I ever, like, knew the names of. And
0: can we talk about how they made Zac Efron play Ted Bundy? And, I mean, I get it, but... Zac Efron is way hotter. Way hotter. Freaking Ted
1: Bundy had a unibrow. Yeah. But I do think that Zac Efron did a good job. It's, I mean, Zach Efron. I think he's a, he's a talented guy, obviously. Yeah. I think he did a good job. And um, I know a lot of people were not happy with the film because it made him so
0: hot. Yeah. Well, but I mean. That's the
1: point. That's the that's point like of how the film. he was known.
0: Like, we now don't think that Ted Bundy yes. is hot. But back in the day, he was a very attractive man. Yeah.
1: That women pursued him in prison after knowing he killed dozens of women. Like. Yeah. Women loved him for some God knows Ugh, reason. And that still goes
0: on with, like, current cases. It's
1: disgusting.
0: Ugh, that's... No, I'm, no, gross. Please stop doing that. God, we were just talking about how women, and, and not every woman, obviously, but we have got to stop romanticizing bad men. Yeah. Nothing is cool about being a fucking horrible human being. No. You want a bad boy? Go find some tata dude that owns a Harley. Or go find some freaking I don't know a fucking freelance photographer. Like that's a badass. Not yeah. some stupid ass guy who thinks it's cool to fucking kill people. Yeah. And I mean Or just you know commit what? crime in general. <laughs>
1: And if you want to date a drug dealer, like, that's fine, but make sure he's, like, a good one.
0: Yeah, date a nice drug dealer, okay? You know what? It's November
1: 7th at the date of recording this, so Oregon, shout out, big ups (laughs) to you, decriminalizing all the drugs. That's what's up. Oh, shit. I am 100% in favor of having no illegal drugs.
0: Because I haven't formed an opinion on that yet.
1: My thought process is, at this point, we all know what these drugs are going to do to your body. People are going to try them regardless of its legality or illegality. True.
0: Like, just don't sell it to little kids.
1: Obviously, if you are going to lift the criminality of drugs... Like, in Oregon, it's decriminalized, so if you get caught with, like, minor amounts of any drug, it's a fine. You pay $100, and it's, you know, you don't have a felony on your record. You just pay your fine and move on. But you can still be charged with distribution and manufacture. So if you are caught cooking meth, you're still going to get slapped with a charge right. of manufacturing mm-hmm. meth. If you are caught selling heroin, you're still going to get charged with distribution. Right. You just aren't going to get a felony for having a little bundle of heroin in your pocket. <laughs> but I just don't think that drug use would skyrocket because it's legal. Because people who are doing drugs, they don't care. True. Like, you know, I think a lot of people have this idea that if drugs are legal... That there's just going to be somebody, like, walking down the street smoking meth.
0: hmm
1: No. People aren't walking down the street getting drunk. Right. People are at home or at a bar. Right. And if drugs are illegal, people are going to be at home in their basement with their crack pipe. They're not going to be standing on in the street corner trying to lure you into smoking their crack. They want their crack for themselves. This They're not going to share it with you. And they're going to be in their basement doing it. Yeah. It's going to be exactly like it is now, except we're not going to have our prisons filled with people who honestly don't need to be there. Yeah. I could go on and on about this. This is whatever, but.
0: So I think in episode two, we might have forgotten to shout out Haley and Ariel. Yeah, we did. We're so sorry. We're so sorry, you guys. We're We're about to do that right now. Yeah. We're, yes.
1: Yes. So, all of the music for this podcast is written and produced by my good, good friend Ariel at Golden Beats Productions, and she's mad talented. If you need music for any purpose, you have a YouTube channel, podcast, whatever, you just want some tunes, hit her up because she's got... So much talent. It's crazy. And big thanks, because we would sound like shit if it wasn't for Ariel.
0: This is true. So. Um, We would also look like shit if it wasn't for Haley. That's right. Who has been an absolute angel during this process. Dude,
1: we've been the most difficult clients.
0: We have been so difficult, and it has not been anyone's fault. It's just... It... Everything we have found out that starting a podcast is like no fucking joke. It's been a gaggle of problems. And we had to have like certain formats and certain resolutions and bloody blah. Oh, it's been to yeah. be able to upload. <laughs> and then I decided that I didn't want the little i and the word if and I wanted it to be a big i because I'm a fucking psycho. And Haley has just been so beautiful about this, and we're finally done fucking with the logo. We're there. It's been amazing from the beginning.
1: Yeah. Everything is different. Everything comes with its, you know, hurdles. Yes. You have to jump through hoops a little at any point in life or anything. So we got through it, and we are... It's definitely not going to be smooth sailing. Right. But... In the words of our illustrious BDS, Big Daddy Sitch, a smooth sea never made a scaled sailor. I did not say it as eloquently as he does, <laughs> and I don't have his musculature, but... Listen,
0: BDS, if you're listening, which I know you're not because you're not into this ship, but maybe you are, but <laughs> well, we don't we, know. We don't know you. Please call us. Please call us. Um, look up our Instagram at what if I told you pod. Fucking send us an email. What if I told you podcast at gmail.com. I love mail. We have a Facebook. I'm actually working on getting that fully published. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people have approached me. I mean, some people just don't use Instagram. I am more of a Facebook user than an Instagrammer.
1: And I'm the opposite. I only keep a Facebook because of like my grandparents and my parents. I am much more on Instagram.
0: I am more active on our podcast Instagram than I am my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to try to get our Facebook published ASAP. We just know that Facebook pages for stuff like this can be a little hard to manage. So I'm trying to like, yeah. work out the kinks. I have changed some things in there. Mm-hmm. So next episode, we'll link that. I'll have it done by then. Other than that, guys, please remember to follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We really want to know your thoughts and your feelings. We really do. We really want someone to email
1: us. Please e- I don't want to, like, sound, like, desperate, but <laughs> please, please email, email us. us.
0: <laughs> we want an email. I mean, we get emails, but not cool ones.
1: Yeah, we get emails from fucking Apple.
0: Apple and, like, Keegan. And, <laughs> and Keegan. <laughs> My husband. We love you.
1: Um, so. Yes. Sure. And please tell us some stories, because we want to add our Friday bonus feature. Yes. And At read your At some point emails. soon. Mm-hmm. We want
0: to, but we can't do that. If we don't have any stories to tell you we from want, you. Like, I want to do, like, a 15-minute email segment. Like, email of the week. Email of the week. It might be you, listener. It could be you. It could be you if you would just... Open up your little cellular device and type us an email. Boop, 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 boop. We don't want email. an email that just says hi. Like we want there to be something with them. Give us a little
1: something. Yeah. And if you don't have like a story that you want to tell us about like cults or murders or conspiracies, but you have like a personal story, um, yes. like a hooray story, we want those too. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a weird time in the world, and if something cool is happening to you, we want to know. Yeah vote on what we should have for breakfast next week oh yeah you can do that what should we have in the breakfast nook
0: yes please because we like all the breakfast food so you can pick anything yes anything like hit me up i was trying to think of a breakfast food i wouldn't eat but nothing has come to mind yeah i like all of it i think yeah
1: i don't know maybe not haggis but we're also not scottish so. Well, true. True. Okay, we've come to the end. Unfortunately, we do have to sign off. Um, so with that, people, um, I'm going to need you to be kind
0: out there. And stay weird.
1: Bye. Bye.